0: So the question is always the same, how do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. You're a contractor looking to get into real estate investing, or perhaps you're a real estate investor depending on a contractor, to tell you what type of work a house needs in order to be sold, then this episode is for you. There's a big, big misconception out there that a contractor should know what kind of work a house needs in order to be sold for the highest and best price. This is not true. This is a very, very big myth out there in the space. And that's why investors get into big trouble. And then they're surprised when the project is finished, and it doesn't sell. Or maybe they're not even finished and they're severely over budget. This is all because you didn't do the preliminary research and the stuff that you needed to do beforehand in order to determine what work actually needed to be done. And as a contractor, this is a problem so many of you have. Not know what type of work the house actually needs. In this episode, I'm actually going to break down what you need to be looking at in order to get into a rehab and make sure that you're doing the right job. So with that being said, let's get into the show. This is an Investor's Journey podcast, and I'm your host, John Barbera. In this show, we always bring you real strategies and tactics that we use, that we implement on a daily basis to help you understand how to get started and how to grow your real estate investment business the right way. There's no fluff. There's no fancy cars. This is just real tactics and real strategies. So if you're new to this channel, please consider subscribing so you don't miss any of the future episodes. If you haven't seen it already, this is actually going to be a continuation to a whole series that I've done on how to flip houses. You can click on that series up above or also below in the descriptions, you should see a link to that whole series on flipping houses. We go over everything that you need to know regarding how to flip a house, how to do scopes of work, everything. Everything is in that series, so you got to make sure you check it out. And in case you didn't know, you can actually text us anytime, any questions you may have. Uh, We have a community that we text to, and all the texts are between you and me. And we put out tips, information, strategies, property tours, everything on there that other people don't see. Uh, So if you want to be a part of that community and ask us questions at any time, make sure to just text us at 210-794-9898 and you will be notified of new strategies, new tactics. And if you're ever stuck in anything in real estate, you can always reach out and ask us and we'll help you out in any way that we can. So why do contractors make bad investors? Because they simply don't know the market the way an investor should. So here's my personal experience. When I started in real estate investing, I used to be a contractor first, but not, In construction since I was 12 years old, uh, renovated houses. I've done everything that you can possibly think to a, a single family home. So, to me, getting into real estate and investing seemed like a no brainer, right? I know how to build the house, I know how to do everything in it. You know, all I need to learn is how to buy it. And when I started doing marketing and I was getting a lot of leads, I was talking, I was great at building rapport, everything. But every time it came down to the offer, I kept losing these deals. Every single time. And they're like, you're way too low. You're way too low. And I'm like, why am I so freaking low? And I started going to these properties with investors. So I started partnering with investors and I was like, hey, I got a lead. I'm walking it with me. So I start walking the property with the investors and I'm showing them my repair bid. I'm like, hey, this is what I see everything that needs to get done. And they look at it, they're like, you're out of your damn mind. And no, we're not touching the trim, we're not replacing the cabinets. Uh, we got to do the floor, some paint. We got to change these fixtures. That's about it. And I'm like, yeah, but this trim is from like eighties. You know, the cabinets are old as hell. He's like, it doesn't matter in this area. And that's when that light turned on is that I was looking at all these projects like a contractor would. So everything needs to be new period. As an investor, you're looking at what is the market saying that it needs to get done? So based as an investor, based on what the market needs, that's what you do to the property. Nothing more, nothing less. And that was a huge light bulb moment. As a contractor, you need to know and you learn how to do the job that the client is hiring you to do. Right. And a lot of times the client is the one that's picking out the paint colors, the materials, the design. They're doing all that. And you are simply there to do that work, to put the things together, put them where they need to go and do that job correctly. As an investor, you're the one that needs to know what colors to pick, what flooring to pick, what design to do, what the layout should be. So as a contractor and an investor, you need to be able to combine both of those strategies. So here's another area uh, contractors get into trouble is not all projects are the same. Not because you've renovated a house in, let's say, this one neighborhood a certain way means that when you get a deal on another side of that neighborhood, you're going to renovate it the same way. Because if this house you did it for, let's say, a homeowner, you did it to their taste and their specs, not necessarily to what the market is asking for. So there's a lot of times that I've dealt with investors that they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know I've renovated a house down the street. We did this, this and this. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's great. But that doesn't sell. You understand that was the they, you know, they didn't try to sell the house. They kept it. He's like, yeah, they kept it. Like, exactly. We need to know what is it that we need to do to sell the house, not to keep the house. We're not looking to keep it. We're looking to get rid of the house. We're looking to sell it. We're looking to put out what it is that the buyers want. So. Just because you renovated a house in that neighborhood a certain way for a homeowner does not mean that's how you're supposed to renovate those houses in those neighborhoods. So there are three main things that you need to keep in mind when you're about to rehab a house. First, area of town. Not every house in the city is renovated the same way. If you have a historic districts, these are much older homes. They're renovated completely different than, uh, let's say, a 1980s or newer built home are renovated. right? These are completely different construction styles. I've recently met a, uh, an investor that's having trouble selling a home. And he told me the price point. He told me everything. Everything seemed to line up. But when I take a look at the pictures of his home that he listed, I was like, you renovated this house to be modern new renovation, which is great. But you're in the wrong neighborhood. That neighborhood requires a mid-century renovation. You understand? And that's why your house isn't selling. So it's not selling because the house, the style that you did does not fit that neighborhood. It does not fit what those buyers are looking for. So you got to make sure depending on the area of town, depending on the pockets, it's the type of renovation, those properties are going to need. Number two is market conditions: Is the market hot old? What's supply and demand like? Because this is going to affect how quickly you sell the house. Do you need to do a little bit more than what the comps are? And what the other properties that have sold are, because if you see all these properties that are selling for, let's say 300 grand and they look like this, but they're taking a little bit longer to sell, how can you match that and then do a little bit more just so your sales faster, not necessarily for more money, but selling faster. Sometimes that matters more because a lot of people target more money, but if it takes you too long to sell, the holding cost, the money costs, everything is going to chew into that profit. Anyway, so you want to make sure that you target speed as well as price. And the third one is price point. Are you renovating a house in a desirable price point? And they saying, what does that price point look like? What if you get in a deal, you or you think you're getting a deal, but you're way off on the price point. You're in a price point. That's not very desirable in your area. Then that means that you're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to waste a lot of time and the house may or may not sell it may take much longer than you anticipated. You want to make sure you're within that desirable price point. And we talked about this plenty of times that you want to make sure what are the hottest zip codes, what are the hottest price points, and you combine both to find your target neighborhoods, to find your target areas of where you want to be rehabbing, where you want to be flipping. This is going to minimize your time and your risk because now you're putting out a product that is at a desirable price point. It's in a desirable area and it has the right features so your chances of selling go up exponentially i mean with us you know every property that we put on the market we are essentially under contract within a week tops you understand because we are putting out exactly what that market wants at the price the market wants in the condition the market so if you're a contractor and you're saying all right area town market condition price point how do i figure all this crap out that's what you need to do To run comps. When you run comps, comparables, this means that you are looking at the area. You are usually you need uh, MLS access, so you need access to a real estate agent, or you need to be a real estate agent. But when you run comparables, you are looking in those areas to see what are the you know is this area a hot area? Are the houses selling quickly? What are the conditions of these homes? What are they you know what kind of features do they have? and we did a whole series on how to run comps. You can check that out up here or in the description below and exactly how we analyze, how we run the comps, how we compare houses to houses, you know, kind of uh finish outs, what kind of material you need to do, how far do you need to take it, all of that. We go over all of those things. But that's exactly how you figure this out. You need to be able to run comps and that's something that contractors usually do not do, right? They rely on their experience as a contractor, but like I said at the beginning, your experience as a contractor is not the same as your experience as an investor. So as an investor, you need market data. Now this next part is for both contractors and investors. So listen up. This is how investors get into trouble because they're depending on their contractor. If you're an investor and you're depending on your contractor to tell you what job needs to be done, what the scope of work needs to be for this project, you are relying that that contractor knows how to do the market analysis, knows how to pull comps, and, and knows how to understand what needs to be done in that market. And if you're a contractor and an investor is asking you to do this, then in order for you to do a good job as a contractor, you need to be able to pull the data I just told you. You need to be able to pull the comps, pull the data and say, hey, look, I can, yeah, I can definitely flip this house for you. I can rehab it, everything. And based on what I saw, the other houses are selling for houses that have been renovated we need to do this kind of finish out this kind of stuff this updates, you know, we can leave this, we can change that. You make yourself a much more powerful contractor if you understand this, because now when people and this is something that's so common, everybody's looking for an investor friendly contractor. You can actually become a truly investor friendly contractor because when an investor calls you and says, Hey, I have a project. Uh, I have a deal that I need you to tell me, you know, how much is it going to cost? You're going to be able to go online, check out what the houses in that area have sold for, you know, the, the houses that have been renovated, get those houses, you check out what the comparables look like. And then when you go to this house, you're going to be able to say, okay, we need to do this. We do this, that we don't need to touch this. We don't need to do, you know, you're going to be able to give them a really good bid. That's going to make sure that the investor makes money. Because if the investor makes money, guess what? They're going to keep calling you and you're going to become very, very desirable in the market. So as an investor, you, the investor need to know what that job is. You can't depend on the contractor to tell you what the job is. You can depend on the contractor to tell you how to do the job, right? If you're telling them I need new cabinets, you can depend on the contractor to know how to do cabinets, how to install them and everything right but you cannot expect them to understand that you know this house does need new cabinets or maybe they need them to be refurbished and that's it they don't need to be brand new right that's something that you as an investor need to know so this is a, where the investors get into trouble where the contractors get into trouble if you if both of you understand this now the investor is a lot more savvy more knowledgeable you get better deals the contractor you become a much more desirable contractor and you don't go over budget, you're not doing projects that don't sell, you know, it's really good for your name and your reputation. And if you want more information on how to put together scope of work, check out this video up here in the descriptions below. I go into a lot of detail on how we structure our scope of work and everything. This is important because when you put a detailed scope of work, this is what you use to communicate with your contractor, your contractor or your subs. You're using this scope of work, this very detailed scope of work to get bids, to get estimates, to get everything. You're using this to drive the project, manage the project, everything based on the scopes of work. This is how you're going to be able to pay your contractor based on the scopes of work. So make sure you check out that video. It's going to be, you know, extremely valuable to both contractors and investors. So you understand what the project entails. So I hope this is something that you find valuable and it helps you. If you like what you're hearing, hit that thumbs up button and make sure you're subscribed. Uh, Check out up here. I did a whole playlist on how to hire work with contractors. And this one down here is how to actually do flips and and renovate houses. So with that being said, thank you all for watching and I'll catch you on the next one.